What's up, dirt bags? Welcome to episode 175. Holy smokes, 175. You, you, the, you, you lost me back at like seven. So. Yeah, I was going to say, that's all the higher you can count. So, uh, <laughs> got to seven. Uh, so. Yeah, how amazing is that? 175 episodes of the Midwest Angler Podcast. Uh, I'm Scott Sturman, and uh, just like all the episodes, I'm, I'm uh, sitting here with my buddy Matt Deitch. What's going on, dude? I'm doing good. I, I'm kind of wondering if you've been selling much of that Western wear over there at Sturman Tack or Western Sorry. Wear and Tack. Uh, business has been good, Matt. Uh, business has been good. I kind of noticed a bump in business uh, here these uh, last two weeks uh, with a little advertisement from the Midwest Angler podcast. Um, that doesn't surprise me. You know, uh, Pearl Snaps, uh, uh, you know, 20X hats, you know, they're flying <laughs> off the shelf and, you know. Can't can't help but to notice uh, ever ever since that mention from you, that's all it takes. That's right. That's right. Um, you know, and, and with that, uh, uh, two two weeks ago when when Matt dropped that, uh, we we truly uh, that that wasn't foreshadowing of anything. Um, but uh, uh, me and Matt have kind of talked about it, and uh, for 175 episodes, there has never once been an ad on on the show, and uh, that that we're not against ads um you know we we were just in a spot where we never really thought about it you know we were having fun and whatever and and uh you know we've we've kind of talked to a lot of people in the fishing industry and uh you know everyone's always kind of been like you know so how do you make money at it and uh we always kind of answer them like uh uh well we don't, we don't. <laughs> you know yeah. we, we've never pulled a penny off of this show and you know we've we've had people reach out to us like you know hey can you sponsor our event and do different stuff like that and and uh yeah it's i i mean it's kind of hard to sponsor an event when you know we're not making any money at this and and uh you know when me and Matt started this uh um it wasn't something that we did to make money. We're, we're not doing this to get rich. We're doing it because, uh, uh, we truly like lying to people about fishing, <laughs> uh, for one hour a week. And, uh, um, and, and we have for 175 weeks, probably closer to like 185. We've missed yeah. a couple of weeks, uh, with, you know, sicknesses or, uh, births of babies and different stuff like that. Uh, but, um, it is something that me and Matt uh, have talked about now, and uh, we're we're thinking that maybe that is something that we kind of want to pursue. Um, I know you guys uh, that that listen. Uh, we thank you because um, you know if if only four of you listened every single week, you know it. it uh, we, we don't have anything to really advertise on, but but uh, you know I mean we've we've hit a thousand, then we've hit two thousand, then we hit three thousand, and uh, you know I mean it's it's pretty freaking crazy uh where it's gotten and and uh we're we're to a point now where where we can ask you know a you know a little bit of money and and uh um so i do think that that's something that me and matt are going to try to explore um it we're, we're not going to fill the whole entire show up with ads it's not what we're going to do that's uh me and matt have both said uh, probably a max of of two ads in a show and uh those two ads uh We'd probably do a presenting sponsor, uh, you know, when yep. we say uh, welcome to episode 175 of the Midwest Angler Podcast, brought to you by Sturman's Western Wear and Tack. And, and we'll probably go on, you know, for 30, 40 seconds, uh, you know, about that, where you can find them, you know, what, what town they're at, their phone number, uh, different stuff like that. And then we'll probably do it uh, a little bit later, uh, run one more uh, for a different business. And uh, 
that's that's basically the two that we'll do for a show um and and i don't think that that's bombarding our listeners um with uh, no not at all uh you know with ads you know I've, I've listened to a couple podcasts where the first 12 minutes are nothing but ads and yeah, yeah. you know, you hit next, 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 and you know, <laughs> or, you know, skip forward 30 seconds and, and you get past the ads. Well, I mean, it, for two ads that, that each take 30 seconds, I don't think that that, uh, um, you know, that that's too much to ask. And, and I, I, I think most of our listeners will understand that, uh, you know, we've, we've, uh, invested a lot of time and money mm-hmm. into yeah. this. And, uh, so, um, yeah, I guess with that being said, if you're listening to this and you have a business and, and, you know, we'll be open with you. We'll, we'll tell you, uh, you know, how many listens we get a week. Uh, um, I can, I can show you the analytics on it. And, uh, um, you know, if it's something that you kind of want to kind of want to explore, uh, don't be afraid to uh, message me or Matt and, uh, uh, we'll talk about it. Um, it's not nearly as expensive as what you may, right, what you yeah, may think. Not, and and who not, knows, you yeah. know, you, you're not, we're not going to do it for three dollars but uh you know it, it's uh you know i mean this isn't hundreds and hundreds of dollars uh you know i mean if you if you want to do a package where you do a whole entire uh you know months on months on months unless you want to hire us full-time to be your personal entertainment I, you know right and benefits yeah and that'll every, be thousands you know, that'll i mean be thousands. that's what i mean like and make it our full-time job to pump out you know episodes for you I, we can talk <laughs> i mean i'm just saying you or put a couple extra like... zeros on it and matt'll <laughs> matt'll pull his pants off for like he did it. how do you think he put his way through college what, is, what do they call like having a sugar daddy somebody can be our podcast daddy i don't know so <laughs> i kind of like the sugar mama part <laughs> the sugar mama yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll take a sugar, sugar mama. mama there we go sugar mama but sugar uh, mama. um podcast no. mama somebody wants to be our podcast mama this yep us up. yep hit us up no uh um I don't know. Like I said, uh, it's, it's been something that's kind of been on our radar for a long time. And, uh, um, you know, I, I think it's, I think, you know, as long as we're reasonable about it, uh, I, I think, you know, well, it, it'll be fair. It'll oh, be yeah. fair. You know, we're not gonna, we're not going to be whores and, and shove it down your throat, but uh, a couple ads here and there, uh, I don't think is crazy. So, um, yeah, like I said, reach out to us if, uh, if you want to see, uh, you know, kind of what we're thinking and I don't know, we'll probably bargain with you. I don't know, throw in a couple large pizzas and hell, you might get yourself a hell of a deal. <laughs> might get yourself a hell of a deal. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, you know, I guess six months from now when, uh, when, uh, we still don't have ads on the show, I guess you guys will know, like, yeah, didn't Nobody work out. out. <laughs> didn't work out. But, uh, <laughs> could be. We'll still keep could, coming up yeah. with just fake ones. Then. Well, that's what we'll do. Like, we'll start being like, you know. Yeah, the uh, Dan's Drive-In in, you know, <laughs> Johnson, Minnesota. And it's like, yeah, uh, no one knows where Johnson is. So, yeah, I mean, no, no one does. will call us on it. No one will call us on, <laughs> call us out on it. Like, some, we'll have somebody message and say, like, Dan's Drive-In? No kidding. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love Dan's Burgers. <laughs> yeah, I bet you Grew do. I love eating those things. <laughs> bet you do. Uh, nope. Uh, uh, one more thing that I kind of wanted to touch on before we get into today's episode. Um the shoreline cleanup drawing, uh, you know, I think for the last three weeks I've been saying, yep, yep, this week I'm going to do it. And, uh, yep, this week I'm going to do it. And this week I'm going to do it. And, uh, this week I'm going to tell you that I'm going to do it and I still haven't done it. Um, I apologize. God dang it. I don't know. Fricking <sighs> just isn't working, but, uh, this is the week that I will get it done. Uh, we will, uh, we'll have something on Facebook, uh, and, uh, get that out there for you guys. But, uh, 
Um, for those of you guys that went out there and uh, picked up some trash, I, I still got a submission yesterday, and we got one a couple days ago again. So uh, there still that's, are a couple right, people doing cool it. So. They're still out there yep. picking stuff up. Yep. So uh, um, Maybe you should rent like a tuxedo for it, and we can do a Facebook <sighs> Live. <laughs> That'd be badass. <laughs> <When it's laughs> it would be way badass. There's got to be somewhere that we can get like a big wheel that we can put everybody's name on and like spin that sucker. Like a real big wheel. Right, yeah. Yeah. And be up there like looking like Pat Sajak and stuff like that. Wheel of Fortune style. Oh, that'd be sweet. Yeah. That would be way sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We we got to think this through. Like maybe maybe not this drawing, but the next drawing, like it's going to be a production. Like right. a real actual production. Definitely. But, uh, um, also, me and Matt uh, did get out fishing uh, this past weekend. Um, Isn't it crazy to think that we, uh, we did together, and that's the first time in a long time that we've gotten out like in a boat fishing together? Yeah, that's that shouldn't happen no. that, that we go that. That's ridiculous. It is. It's a load of crap, actually. But um, we actually did. Uh, we waited till the hottest day of the year to get out there and do it. Well, I guess, you know, it got beat out by today. But, uh, yeah, we got some... Warm weather coming through today. We'll, we'll talk about that fishing trip uh, later on in the show after our guest, but uh, we got some warm weather today. It's heading up to uh, Minnesota tomorrow, so you yeah, minute, having you, a heat wave. Yeah, you Minnesotans can have it. But uh, before that, uh, we're going to talk to a Minnesotan, uh, um, Eric Frank of Angler's Touch Fish Art and Taxidermy, our fish first ever uh, taxidermist on the show. Yeah, we've talked about it for a while, getting one on there. And, you know, obviously when we sit in here and you guys have heard us talk about Scott's basement before, there is a lot of taxidermy in this place. Mine, not so much, but uh, it's something that interests both of us that we right. really appreciate. So, I mean, it's going to be fun to talk to him. Yeah, I don't know the, like... I don't know the process that goes into it, no, and, 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 and like, Eric does a lot of replicas too. It's know. not just skin mounts, but uh, um, I'm I'm mostly interested in in hearing um, what you know what the process is when he gets fish in when he decides that he's going to mount it. Yep. Um, you know, I don't know. Like I've I've tried to fillet a fish and just riding along the skin. Like <laughs> God knows that doesn't work. Like you, you know you can't. Uh, uh, when, when I get done with the fish, it, it it's in seven pieces, uh, just trying to fillet it. Uh, obviously that doesn't work. I bet you he's a freaking master filleter. Like you there is no meat left right. behind, no <laughs> meat left behind. So, uh, yeah, without further ado, uh, we're going to send it up to, uh, Eric Frank and our episode, uh, 175 guest today is Eric Frank with anglers touch fish art and taxidermy. How you doing, Eric? Good. How's it going guys? Doing really good today. Excellent. Um, Eric, uh, we always like to get our, uh, episodes started, uh, with a couple of random questions. So, uh, first and foremost, I want to know, uh, what is your most important, uh, possession? Like if there was a fire at your house, what's the one thing you're going in for? And, and obviously not, uh, a pet or, or human life, but I mean, you got a, do you got a I fish got mount? I mean, do you got a deer uh, mount? I don't know. I gotta, I gotta yank my boat out of there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Quick hook up the truck. I don't know. Become Hercules and pull that thing by your hand. Right. I, I, touche. That, yeah, that's I, a good answer. Think, that's a good answer. I think most of us have thought of that before. Like, like, how quick can I get it out of here? Like, can I bust through the garage door if I have to? I mean, I will. Yep. I put a ton of time into this thing last spring. I bought a old bass tracker. I totally gutted it and rebuilt it how I wanted it. 
Oh, yeah. It's like a brand new boat again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to lose that to a fire. Yeah. <laughs> Firefighter standing out there, sir, where are you going? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Does this fire truck have a hitch? <laughs> <laughs> I guess mine would be with the hot weather today and stuff like that. You're stopping at an ice cream shop. Um, what what are you what's your go to when you go to an ice cream shop? I mean, whether it be flavor of ice cream or are you getting a sundae, a cone, a shake? Uh, I usually either go for like a chocolate shake or maybe a like a cookie dough blizzard. Mm. There we go. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> we we talk a lot about chicken wings on here and I guess I just got to ask uh uh are you a boneless or a traditional guy? Uh, I usually go traditional. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. Any uh, certain flavor? Well, I like traditional buffalo. Right. I also like teriyaki. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you a are you a not rancher blue cheeser? I like the ranch. Not a huge fan of blue cheese. Yep, you must be under what is it, forty five, I think we've established that if once you hit forty five <laughs> the blue cheese is kind of becomes acquired taste. What, right. <laughs> once you're a Q tip, once your hair is white and your shoes are white, that's what <laughs> <laughs> I like that analogy. Yeah, that's they 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 call all the Midwesterners that go down to Florida in the wintertime Q tips because <laughs> you can spot yeah. them. White shoes, white hair. <laughs> All right, Eric, uh, let, let's get started talking a little bit about you. Uh, wh- where exactly are you from? I'm in East Bethel, Minnesota. Okay. Kind of central area of the state. Okay. Is that... East, uh, east central. How, how close are you to Minneapolis there? Um, probably about 40 minutes north. Oh, okay. I, I got to ask you once. If I, if I told somebody that you were from minneapolis would you take offense to that or is that okay yeah <laughs> we, i only go down i only go down that way if i absolutely have to okay we, we've we got a buddy me. that lives down in new prague and i at one time told a lady in a gas station that he was from up by minneapolis and he about <laughs> lost his mind oh, i can imagine <laughs> okay so it's not just scott it's not, it's no. you two okay um has, has fishing always been a big part of your life Oh, yeah, as long as I can remember back, I've been into fishing. Okay. Did you, like, get going with, you know, like most people with your, you know, your dad or uh, yeah, dad, grandpa, grandpa, uncle, uncles. or anything like that? Yeah, my grandparents used to live on a lake. All right. What so, what were you chasing, yeah, mostly? A little bit of everything. I mean, we got super spoiled on that lake. There wasn't a public access on it for a long time, so everything in there was just big. Nice. It was awesome. Nice lot from shore, or did you go out on a boat? No, we'd use the boat. Right on. I'd, I'd stay up there during the summer and help Grandpa with chores and yard work in the garden. After chores were done, and he'd let us take the boat out. That's a good trade off. Yeah, yeah. 10, I think we were like 10, 11 years old, driving the boat around the lake. <laughs> That's awesome. What was the biggest yeah. fish that you caught out of that lake? Uh, I caught a 31 and a half inch walleye out of there when I was 13. (laughs) I guess that's good enough. (laughs) Uh, We'd catch numerous pike that were 15 to 20 pounds. Really? Wow, that's crazy. Pretty pretty awesome place. You said that that walleye's on the wall? Yeah. Is that uh, kind of what started the love for taxidermy? Uh, Maybe a little bit. I've I've always kind of been a good artist. I used to draw a lot when I was younger. So I've always kind of had that artistic ability and the love for fishing. You can marry those two together, and it's like 
the perfect match is fish taxidermy. Yep, you yeah. could either be a fish taxidermist or a fish tattooist, I guess. <laughs> right. Yep. So, so when did you start, or when did you decide to start to pursue taxidermy? Uh, yeah, I taught myself how to do it when I was, I think, 13, 14 years old. Really? Just, like, books I ordered from the supply company and, like, books from the library. So then did you just, did you, like, order the supplies then from it, or did you just go yeah. out and catch fish and just start doing it? Yeah, basically, just kept some decent fish to practice on. I think the first thing I did was a perch. All right. People always say those are the easiest. Okay. So so you never did do any schooling. You're pretty much all self-taught. Yeah. Wow. I mean, back, back then, there wasn't YouTube. There wasn't a whole no. lot going on on the Internet for taxidermy, so... It was basically just books. So so you said that you started at 13, so how, uh, I guess, in a roundabout way, I guess I'll just ask how old you are, but how long you been doing it? Well, I did just small batches, like every few years probably, for friends and family. But I didn't really get into it hardcore like I am now until probably about seven years ago. Okay. Did you... I was, uh, doing, I was doing auto body stuff. Okay. So I, just, I started getting burnt out on that, so I got back into doing the fish. Did you uh, did you immediately uh, start your own business, or did you work for a different taxidermist for a while? No, I started my own business right away. Nice. Do you still have your early mounts that you started on? I do have a few. They're pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still, I mean, a 13-year-old, you know, 13, 14-year-old doing them, I mean, it's still pretty impressive yeah i'm sure some of the real early ones i think got thrown in the garbage i started to <laughs> rot and stuff <laughs> now now obviously uh uh you know you being a taxidermist i feel like you're gonna walk into somebody's basement or whatever and and look over their fish and and you know see it and be like ah you know that doesn't look very good you know kind of uh, you know you were an auto body and i've got a buddy that's an uh you know, an auto body guy. And he'd sit there and he'd look at a car and he's like, ah, oh, it's got waves down the side. Uh, and I'm like, dude, I have sure. no clue what the frick you're <laughs> yeah. talking about. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, the body that lines aren't part. right. <laughs> you know? And, and I mean, do you have that a lot? Like where you, you see a, a fish and it's like, holy moly, that thing doesn't look uh, good. Yeah. But probably to me and Matt, it'd be like, well, that thing looks great. Right. I think people love the fish when they get it back from a taxidermist, but if they don't have anything to compare it to, it's hard for them to know if it's been actually good work or not. Right. Mm -hmm. You see a lot of bad fish taxidermy out there. I believe that. Now, do you only do fish, or, or will you do deer and and? Big... No, just just fish. Just fish. Did you ever try to dabble into to mammals? Um, I tried a duck one time, and I tried to do a squirrel and a rabbit. I don't, never finished them. <laughs> that was the end of that. <laughs> huh? I just didn't didn't have the money for the right tools and everything and just fleshing a bird is, is beyond my expertise at a 13 year old yeah well i guess if you're gonna be only fish uh, i'd say you're probably in the right state you know land of ten thousand lakes you know right. you, you can get away with just being fish there yeah it's pretty competitive too is it there's, there's a lot of good taxidermists around in minnesota well, I applaud you for even saying that, you know, I mean, some people would be like, wow, you know, there's a lot of taxidermists, but not very many good ones. Like, you know, for you to flat, <laughs> for you to flat out say, you know, there are a lot of great ones, you know, that, that's cool yeah. to hear. 
Um, let, let, let's talk a little bit about uh, the different kinds of taxidermists. Uh, you know, actually, how, how it sparked my interest to get you on, uh, I think you posted a picture of a smallmouth bass here a while back, maybe in Minnesota bass heads. Would that be right, or was it Fish Minnesota? Um, uh, I think that was Smallmouth Nation. Okay, smart, yep, okay, yeah. yep. And uh, Got a ton of likes on that boat. Oh, dude, yeah. that thing was incredible. Like, that looked like you literally took a live fish right out of the lake and, and put it there. Like, I, I couldn't even believe it. And I, I text Matt shortly there afterwards, and I'm like, dude, I think we got to get this guy on. Like, it is. Like, that thing was amazing. Um, well, yeah, those turned out nice. They just, every fish keeps getting better. Well, good. Always, By the time I actually catch one, hell, you'll be so dang good. <laughs> you'll be the best in the world. <laughs> They'll be flopping on your wall. That's yeah, right. <laughs> be one of those big mouth billy basses. <laughs> now, now, obviously, uh, nowadays there's there's both skin mounts and replicas. Do you right. do both? I do do both. Okay. Do you do you prefer one over the other? I definitely prefer doing the replicas. Do you? Yeah, it's just it's a lot less mess. Okay. Especially like in the middle of the summer, you got that whole pile of guts and yeah. everything oh, yeah. Car- carcass yeah. to get rid of in your garbage yeah i only have so much freezer space here yep. you, you like ideally you like to freeze it and then on garbage day you throw it in your garbage but yeah, that's that. what i did last doesn't night always, <laughs> doesn't always work out like that no <laughs> See, that's that's kind of the thing that people always forget about like when they're keeping fish too it's just like especially this time of year is like oh yeah i'm gonna keep some bring them home and it's just like Six it's, days it's, till it's, garbage yeah. pickup, <laughs> and it's just like, oh crap! Now I gotta yeah, somehow hide these, yeah, hide these in in the freezer. Breeding grounds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. <laughs> um, so so let's talk a little bit about what's needed for both. You know, for for the skin mount, um, obviously uh, proper care is is going to be kind of crucial before they bring right. it to you. Um, if if say I was to go out there and catch uh catch a fish that I feel is, is mounter worthy. Um, what, what would you recommend that I do? Uh, first thing I'd recommend is don't let it slosh around in your live well all day. Really? Okay. Yeah. That makes uh, sense. I would, I would get that thing wrapped in a soaking wet cloth towel and then wrap that inside of a, like a plastic garbage bag. Okay. Try to get, try to get all the air out of it, seal it up the best you can and get that thing in the freezer right away. Okay. Is it, that way you keeping all the fins nice and not going to lose scales or anything. And and obviously uh, uh, for the replica side of that, uh, you know, if you if you're going to let the fish go, um, what what exactly do you need to to make a good replica? Um, ideally, take as many good photos as you can. Like if you have a bump board, lay the fish down on your bump board so you get a good measurement. You take pictures of it on the bump board so you get a nice clear shot of the whole side of the fish. And then just you know get a length measurement and a girth if you can. And sometimes a weight actually helps. Okay. Now, so, do you have a lot of forms like made for certain size fish? Yeah, I I purchase forms from a few different places. Like, there's some really nice stuff out there right now. And there's some like old school stuff that I could consider like a dumpster fire. <laughs> 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 try to try to stay away from using those because they just they're hard to work with. Now, now obviously, like with a skin mount, uh, um, 
you're only kind of limited by your imagination, right? Well, well, I guess you still have a form that goes into it and, and whatnot underneath of a skin mount. But, um, you know, if somebody's got something in their imagination, you know, something jumping crazy, uh, you know, is, is the sky the limit on that? or, or uh, um, you're Probably more limited with a replica. You're kind of okay. limited to the pose that the fish was molded in to begin with. Yep. How replicas work is... A fish has to die to be molded. Right. Okay. So that 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 fish gets molded, and then that mold can produce blanks. Yep. And then and then when you get that blank, um, you kind of shave it down and and do different stuff on it, or or it's just immediately ready for paint. Um, I'll usually there's really not a whole lot you have to do. A lot of the a lot of the time they come with the head and fins detached from the body so oh, you really? basically just glue it all together use some epoxy sculpt to blend in all the joints and then it just gets painted now is it like hard like okay so the old south dakota state record a few years ago was like 19 inches long but it weighed like seven six like something like that like you get that it's just like oh like what can you yeah some of those really really girthy fish right it's hard to find blanks for those that at one time a fish that size would have had to get molded yeah so so on something that's kind of a freak of nature like yeah, that you're kind of a rare fish yeah i mean can it still be done i mean it can you can chop and kind of elongate the belly a little bit okay remold in the scales that's a lot of work i believe, uh, I believe it yeah now uh obviously the industry has kind of changed i don't know how long replicas have really been around uh but have, have you seen just in the time that you've been doing it a big uh, uh influx in replicas or, or are a lot of people still doing the old skin mount no i think replicas are the way of the future really well a lot of, a lot of people are realizing that if you can get a good replica done they look way better than most skin mounts yeah, and the maintenance but, probably and, is easier. Yeah, and they, they'll look good forever. It's never going to rot. It's never going to shrink. And I suppose with, you know, with the awareness of how important catch and release is on bigger fish nowadays, it seems like more people are releasing those bigger ones because the option of the replica is there. Yeah, exactly. Now, now for you, uh, is there a price difference uh, between a replica and a skin mount? Yeah, I've got a $5 difference in price. Okay. Replicas are a little more expensive. Okay, and I think that's kind of the industry standard, isn't it? Yeah, just because there's more overhead involved in a replica versus mm -hmm. a skin mount. Okay. You know, can can you take us through the process? Like, you know, I, I bring in a fish to be skin mounted, and, and I've got it wrapped up just like you said, got it wrapped up in a wet towel or a frozen towel at that point. Uh, how, how do you begin to go about that? Well, when I'm ready to do the fish, I just I'll unthaw the fish, and I use an otter sled, actually, an ice fishing sled full of water to thaw big fish out. Okay. Once it's thawed out, I'll take it out of the towel and everything, and I'll take some measurements and get the, the form for it ordered up right away. It's like a foam mannequin that goes inside of the skin. Okay. As soon as I get that ordered up, then I start cutting get the fish all skinned out and once the fish is skinned all the flesh gets removed from the cheeks the eyes everything 
and after it's all skinned out, it goes into a, a special tanning mixture. It goes in there overnight, and then once it comes out of there, it's ready to be mounted. So, like, do you do you start at the tail and kind of slice up the belly and get all the way up into the bottom jaw and kind of just work around that way? Or I mean, that no, I, that, that I, to me just seems like it would be almost impossible. Like I'm sitting here <laughs> thinking like, about it. Like, yeah, very I, intricate I, process. It's, right. It's I mean, not easy. It's not easy. And we we actually make an incision straight across the the wall side of the fish. Oh, oh yeah. Yep. Right straight across the the one side. Yeah. So when so when out. so when people come in and want a 360 mount, it's kind of like, huh. <laughs> yeah, you gotta hide that seam. Yeah. So like, how much room is there for error on that? Like, I I used to work at a at a butcher plant, and we would do, uh, um, you know, skinning of cows and pigs and whatnot, and uh, you would get docked for every single time that you would slice a hide. And <laughs> I mean, I. Like I was, oh, yeah. I was freaking putting more slices in them damn hides. <laughs> I'm just freaking. Like, I still freaking... mess up all the time. You just you get good at fixing stuff. <laughs> so so there is some room for oh, for yeah. There's a lot of a lot of room for error doing a skin mount. Okay okay. The skin is fairly thin on a lot of species, especially crappies. Those things are the worst. Oh, I bet. Yeah. You I... look at look at them things wrong, and scales are popping out, <laughs> yeah. and skin is ripping. Like I've been at. I've been at people's places before that, you know, like they've got like a five inch bluegill up on the wall and it was like some little girl's first fish. Like, oh, yeah. like when you take a look at that five inch bluegill, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. That's, that's a spectacular, cool idea to get some girl's first fish mounted. But like right. for you, you got to be looking at thing, that thing, like, God no. dang it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah, bigger fish are actually a little easier. Yeah, that's fifty-five dollars right. an inch. That's 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 going right for those. Yeah, you, little fish like that, you're basically skinning the whole thing with just like a tiny little like scalpel or exacto yeah. blade. Oh, what is the smallest fish that you've ever mounted? Do you know? Uh, about a four or five inch sunfish. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I've done like a seven inch crappie for a guy too. His, his kid's first fish. And I suppose like there's times when, when guys will bring in, uh, you know, a pike chasing some small bluegill or something like that and want the two, you know, want the, want the pike chasing. Does that happen? Yeah, that happens a lot. Usually I'll go with like a replica of a bait fish okay. in that situation. Yeah. Like, Hey pal, that four inch bluegill is nice, but I got something for you. <laughs> Let's have it chasing a daredevil. How's that sound? Uh, you, you can buy like pre-painted perch and bass and bluegill and stuff that are tiny. Yeah, yep. I suppose. Yeah. Now, uh, what, what, uh, when, when you get a replica and, uh, kind of take us through the process of that, I mean, is it, is it like, oh, hell yeah, you know, here's a, here's a canvas and you just get to painting or, or, you know, how, how much prep work is in there before you start painting? Oh, there's a little bit. There's a few different kind of blanks that you can buy. Some are like straight out of the mold. So there's a big seam around the whole thing that you have to grind off and do okay. some body work. And then like the newer style replica blanks are super nice. They come as a body, a head and a set of fins and it all just gets glued together and you use just kind of like epoxy clay stuff to blend in all the joints all right thin butts and it just gets primed and painted 
So you kind of like do it when you said that you kind of got to do a little body work, like are you with a Dremel kind of smoothing things out or is it? Is right. It... Yeah. I use a lot of Dremel tools huh. just to grind down seams and make fins fit better. Now, if you're doing a skin mount on a 30 inch wall, I say like how long does that usually take when you start on like one specific fish from start uh, to finish? Usually start to finish on a skin mount and probably eight eight to ten hours into a fish yeah oh really well i was and and i suppose is, is there i mean if if you get started at seven o'clock in the morning can you have that sucker done already in the afternoon or, or is no, there like well no. i mean there's i didn't a, there, there's, there's a, a process of, yeah there's a process there's dry times yeah right yeah like just the tanning process usually takes eight hours soaking in a solution yep yeah. basically you're basically pickling the skin so so when you get to start painting on a uh on a replica i mean you, you said you know you you start off with a primer and you you do that and let that sit for a day eight hours whatever and then you kind of start like when because i mean your your fish are like super detailed like i mean detailed beyond belief I mean, yeah, that, that's got to take some serious, serious time. Yeah. As far as replicas go, that's most of the time is in the paint work. Like I can have it, I can have a replica prepped and ready for paint in less than an hour usually. Huh. Now, do you, do you have like stencils that kind of, uh, you know, do the scales and whatnot, or is that just all yeah. kind of freehanded? That's all airbrushed and hand painted. Wow, oof, duh. that's crazy. For the, for the process we call antiquing, which we basically put like a brownish, blackish wash with the airbrush over the whole fish, and then you knock down all the high spots with a scuff pad. So it darkens up all the detail between the scales. Huh. So that's kind of a trick of the trade. Yeah. So what I do is I basically try to get the replica to look like a skin mount that's dried before I start adding color to it. Okay. Now, yeah. when, when say I get a fish that's just got some wild stripes to it or, you know, even a gash in the side or, you know, something that's just truly, truly unique, uh, I mean, you can you can put that on the canvas, right? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, I, I try to make every fish look exactly like the fish that you caught. Huh? What's what's the wildest like deformality or whatever that you've ever done? Uh, I've put lamprey marks on a muskie. Really? That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that is. Other than that, just just random scars and blemishes. Yep. Nothing real crazy. What I did, what I, I did add a third lobe to a tail of a bluegill recently on a replica. So that was kind of a different fish. Oh, that's interesting. Kind of had like a a, a birth defect for say. Yeah, it had like a like a third piece of a tail. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a well, third, a third tip. And I suppose that's probably why the guy got it mounted, right? Right. Yeah, his daughter caught it. It was a big bluegill too. It was like ten and a half inches. Really? Hell yeah! Heck yeah! Uh what 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 would you say is the hardest fish to do the hardest i would say crappies yeah even even with the replica side yeah just all the all the fine markings on crappies are like they're super tedious 
I always tell people, if you want to tell if a taxidermist is good at fish, look at their crappies. Really? Yep. Huh. That does make sense. I could see where you would say that. I mean, there's a lot of, like, I don't know, like, little coloring variations and differences in crappies sometimes that a person just doesn't really right. quite pick up a, looking at it. They have a lot of iridescence and, yep. like, depth to their color and their scales. Huh. Now, would you say that you have, like, a specialty, like, uh, a fish that you, like, feel like, like, you, do you enter contests or anything like that? Like, you're going to put this mount in it? I haven't entered any contests yet, but if I do, I'll probably end up doing a crappie. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's that's how you do it. If if, if uh, <laughs> you know you just got done saying, if, if you right. want to know if guys good, yeah. throw a crappie in there. Well, I guess we're gonna figure out where we measure up right now. Kind of kind of known as the panfish guy, but I, I could do pretty much any species. I think. How, how many like, how many mounts do you have in your house? Oh, uh, probably a, a ten or a dozen. Right on. What? Some of some of them aren't huge. It's just stuff that I kept because I just wanted to have some mounts. Right on. Four, 14, 15 inch crappies that aren't giants, but yep. they, they look cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's. I mean, that's like probably three inches bigger than my personal best crappie. So. <laughs> uh, what what what's the most memorable fish you've ever done? Have you ever done any state records or or anything that? You know, you look uh, back and it's like, God dang it, I am, I'm pretty pumped up that I got to do that one. Yeah, I did a whole bunch of fish for Jason Mitchell. For oh, his, yeah, I suppose that'd be new, it. His new headquarters in Devil's Lake. Nice. And one of them was that big, that like, I think it was a 34 and a half yep. inch walleye. Yep. Did you get to do that one? Yeah, I think it was just huge. Yeah. Yeah, where do you get a form for that? Half pounds. Actually, Lake Country Replicas had a blank that fish no kidding because i mean there was there was talk that you know that maybe would have been the state record for uh north dakota had had jason decide to keep it he he measured it and he was he didn't have a scale yeah he was thinking maybe around 14 and a half pounds but that blank that i got for his fish is like spot on same same shape and everything and that thing was listed at 16 and a half pounds <laughs> nice <laughs> nice <laughs> well i mean uh, you know how many people have actually seen a 16 and a half pound walleye you know i mean yeah. real, yeah, really truly just, like just a freak of nature jesus and then to have it on film too is the crazy part <laughs> right that's super cool yeah. yeah yeah i seen that thing come across my facebook feed and i was like oh man that'd be cool to get some of my work into his hands i reached out to him and he's like yeah let's do it let's do this one and this one and this one and this one too and then like a week later he's like oh i got a couple pike and a musket i want to do too sweet keep them coming jason keep them coming (laughs) did you get to fish with him out of the deal like you know oh geez let me bring these up to you (laughs) i I tried i me and my brother delivered them up there we were going to try to jump in the boat with him in the fall there but it was just too windy i don't know i think i would have held that uh walleye ransom (laughs) (laughs) i'm hanging on to a rain check for that one nice (laughs) nice well i i got a feeling with the way that that guy fishes i i got a feeling you'll probably get another one of them right yeah i just sent him two big like 16 and a 16 and a half inch crappie nice about a month ago 
now what what's what's the farthest away that you've ever sent to sent to fish oh uh, i've sent fish to georgia texas arizona now like about the, about the furthest now like i i'm i ship packages for a living now like that's literally what i do and uh you know sometimes i'm worried about like little electronic components because i mean i don't know if you've seen the way ups freaking handles packages no, no offense no, to ups my ups guy trent is the man but like some of the stuff that comes in is like for pete's sakes guys like you drop this from the top of the house 10 times for a while like i mean what what does that process look like? You know, I mean, cause well, you know, I mean, you've got a lot of time into this and people have got a lot of money it, into this. Yeah, I mean, it makes me nervous every time I have to ship one. Oh man. But I, I build a frame that goes around the entire mount and that goes into a cardboard box. I, I try to make it as bulletproof as possible. Fill it up with packing peanuts. I just keep my fingers crossed. Yep. Now with, you know, the shortage of being able to get supplies the last few years with a lot of different things, did did that affect, like, the taxidermy business oh, yeah. and stuff? That, Was it tough for you to get stuff? It affects everything. Yeah. Ship, shipping costs more, takes longer. There's shortages of different various supplies. Yeah, that would suck. Supply companies are adding surcharges for every order you make. Now, now, do you have any fishing goals, like, of your own? I mean, is there a fish that you want on your wall that you don't have on your wall yet? No, I'd like to get a largemouth over seven pounds. Yeah. I came close like 10 years ago. I caught one that was 22 and a half inches. I never weighed it, but I'm guessing it was probably six and a half. Right on. Now, now, in your name, uh, Anglers Touch uh, Fish Art and Taxidermy, uh, you know, we've done a lot of talking about taxidermy, but uh, what's this fish art all about? The fish art, that's something I started kind of when I started started up doing the taxidermy again. I was making some metal wall art. It's hmm. basically just bare metal, and I take a die grinder and grind in the scale detail and all that into it, and then paint it with automotive candies and clear coat it they're pretty cool i just i wish i had more time to make that stuff because that was fun now is that um, something that uh that you do uh as a as an alternate to a mount like i mean if i've got a if i've caught a fish and i want you to do that instead is that something that you can do or is that um, something like you just more do and somebody throws on the side of their house yeah basically it was just stuff i was making and then selling just to make a little extra income right on you do it out of like stainless steel and whatnot yeah it's all out of stainless steel huh i had, I had a buddy who was cutting them out on his water jet okay and then do you, are they actually like bent uh i mean do they actually have uh um no they're, some they're just flat. flat how long does one of them take you oh i was doing batches of them i was having them cut like a whole four by eight sheet of fish at a time yep and then i would spend like probably a whole week working on that whole sheet of fish well, i suppose if you were already probably. doing autom automotive auto body it was no big deal to just keep doing it on that right i mean i've got the, the paint shop and everything nice is it something yeah. that you do a lot of anymore or not so much not so much anymore i'll do 
two or three motorcycles a year. Other than that, it's all fish stuff. Right on. Now, with the taxidermy, back to that, um, we were talking about the mounts themselves and everything. Like, how important is it to pick out, like, the background, like, the scene or the setting for that mount? Like the habitat? Yeah, like the habitat, like the driftwood and stuff, you know, you see people put up there or, like, you know, the rocks. You got to do all that stuff. I mean, if you just want driftwood, I'll usually just kind of pick out a piece that I think looks best with your fish from what I've got laying around here. As far as the habitats go, I kind of try to match like the habitat that you caught the fish in. Do you if do you like caught, full? Like if you caught a smallmouth on a rock pile, I'll make a rock habitat for it. Nice. Now, that... Does, does that take some time to do? I mean, obviously it takes some time, but right. is it like... Yeah, and, and I, I make all my own rocks. What is that, that's paper a, mache? process or... in itself. <laughs> yeah. how, how do you make a rock? I carve them out of foam, then I oh, coat yeah. them with a glue, okay. so, so it's got a hard coating, and then they get primed and painted with automotive paint. Like your driftwood, do you do you literally just walk down a riverbank and just like, yeah, that one looks cool? I mean, I suppose you could do that, right? Oh, well, I could if I had the time. <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, know where there's a school bus full of nice driftwood, but I can't get a hold of the guy. Huh. Start knocking on doors. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed I, you've I got know. that school I don't know bus. If he's still alive or what the deal is there, but I could use some more driftwood. Huh. That's cool. Now, uh, obviously, uh, I told you, you know, we'd probably go about 30 minutes. I see here we're uh, closing in on 35 minutes. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll kind of wrap this up. But uh, okay. um, say anyone who uh, is happens to be listening to this and, you know, has a has a fish that they took some measurements with years ago or gets a fish this coming weekend, uh, um, if they want to explore their options with you, uh, how do they get a hold with, how, how do they get a hold of you? I do most of my business through Facebook. Okay. I've, I've got a Facebook page called Angler's Touch Fish Art and Taxidermy. If you want to get a hold of me, you can just shoot me a message on there and I'll be happy to answer any questions and give you a quote. Heck yeah. Awesome. So... All right, Eric. Uh, well, we definitely appreciate you uh, joining the show. You're our first ever taxidermist, and uh, awesome. um, yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> pumped. I, I learned a lot about the whole yeah. process here. So, oh, well, good. Well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Uh, have a good one, man. Yeah, you too. Later. Bye. There he goes, Eric Frank of Anglers Touch Fish Art and Taxidermy. Very interesting. It was very interesting. I mean, there's a lot of things that he talked about that I just never really really realized went into you know taxidermy like that yeah when i i was uh, uh you know earlier in the show i had talked about how uh, i was interested in in hearing um you know the the whole process of of somebody that gets a skin mount and and brings it in a one of the things uh um i was interested to hear that he lets it soak in water and whatnot which which i guess really truly uh makes the most sense you know instead of just throwing it up on the countertop and like yeah i'll see you in 12 hours <laughs> like you know i mean you know that 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 makes a lot of sense uh one thing that he said that i really found interesting too was uh don't let that thing slosh around in your live well all day and yeah, you don't want those fins damaged up right you know i mean but if you're out on a out on a fishing trip and oh, well, uh, a lot of guys aren't going to carry a wet towel and a 
paper or plastic bag or anything like that with them. Right. But I mean, you know, you're out on a fishing trip on the Missouri river and you've traveled, you know, 40 miles up river or something like that to a spot and, and, uh, you know, you, yeah. you catch a fish, you know, I mean, you, you know, you, you do the best you can for the situation that you're in, but, uh, that I'll be honest, that's not something that I've, I ever even thought about, you know, and I you just, don't when you go on, I mean, yeah, even people that say, well, we're going on a trophy mission, they just, it's the last thing you're thinking about packing right? or I, having along with you. I mean, I don't know, looking back, like, uh, I've got a bluegill over there on the wall and, uh, um, when I caught it, I knew instantly that I was going to mount it and, uh, I didn't have a live well or anything. I was in a kayak and, uh, I threw that, like my kayak has a little deal in between your legs like that you can unscrew and it just goes and drops right down into like the hull of the kayak. And I just threw it down in there. <laughs> I just threw it Let down it in there and screwed the thing up, and it's freaking flipping and flopping underneath of my butt and whatnot. And I just kept on fishing. Me and Ramrod out there just keep on fishing. And uh, um, yeah, I guess it was what it was. But uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I if I told the taxidermist out there, probably you know there'd probably be smoke coming out of their ears. <laughs> like you freaking moron! Yeah, I know I'm a moron. But... Oh, they see all kinds of stuff oh, like God, that because, like you said, you you know that's just like if you're out, say you're out duck hunting and you shoot like just this awesome mallard that you want to get. It's not like you have something that you're going to put that in, right? You just try to keep it nice and everything. So your dog freaking well, right? You know, oh, rock to that thing's world and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, whatever. I, they got to do it. Like he said, he's he gets pretty good at, you know, fixing mistakes and things yep. like that. So I'm sure like a lot of people bring things in, and those guys do a good job of you know salvaging whatever whatever they can. Right. You tell your brother to uh, bleed out the walleyes. <laughs> Did you mean the 32 inch or two? You yeah, dumb I son slid, of a. <laughs> I slit that thing yeah. wide open. Yeah. So. Yeah, but. Uh, no, it was, uh, that was a fun one. Um, yeah. you know, I, I, I said earlier also that, uh, um, that I saw a post of his on, on Smallmouth nation and I should go back and, uh, just get that picture and post it on our Facebook page because I mean, the thing I, I will tomorrow morning, uh, I'll put that in the comments of, uh, some of his of, work. Uh, yeah. And I mean, it, it's absolutely incredible. Uh, obviously I'll tag his, uh, his, uh, uh, business on on the Facebook post, but uh, um, it's incredible. It is truly incredible, and he's got a lot of close up pictures of of the intricate detail on on his fish. And uh, God dang it, like you can't believe that. I mean, that was airbrushed. I mean, yeah. you know, I I guess after you do something hundreds, if not thousands, of times, I suppose you get good at it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it there's got to be a real patience involved, and and God knows I don't have it. Yeah, and a steady hand. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm I'm over here shaking like a leaf, and it's like, is that detailed? No, that's just the that's just that's just the best I can do, man. So <laughs> doing this outside in the wind, or yeah, yeah. no, but uh, no, I thought uh, I thought that one was cool, and I'm uh, I'm pumped up that we were able to to get him on. So yeah, uh, for um, sure. Uh, dude, yeah, we, we went fishing, we went fishing and we told the guys that we were going to talk about that, uh, later on the show. We told the dirt bags, we were going to talk about it later on the show. And, uh, um, yeah, I guess I'll kind of, I'll, I'll come out and fricking tell the story. Uh, didn't end up the way we thought it was going to end up. Did it, Matt? No, it did not. I, uh, yesterday, uh, well, actually my wife, uh, went up 
uh, Saturday morning, she took off uh, with a couple of her friends, went up north to the uh, uh, the big city of Minneapolis, uh, went to a Morgan Wallen Eric Church concert up there in the Viking Stadium, which she said was absolutely incredible. Just you know the whole venue, yeah. whatever. But uh, um, uh, yeah, so I'm on dad duty all day on Saturday, overnight into Sunday, and man, I mean Saturday was smooth. Me and Slater rocking like curious George and just, I mean, living life. Like, you know, we, we're buddies and we are just hanging out all His day on Saturday. First time eating a whole tombstone, Saturday, tombstone pizza yeah, by yeah, himself. Two, two of them. <laughs> but, you know, Saturdays are for the boys and, uh, you know, we were just doing dude stuff. And uh, uh, Sunday morning, uh, apparently Slate uh, decided we're not doing dude stuff anymore. And I mean, this, this kid is just destroying the house. Like, literally, <laughs> like, anything he can touch, he's throwing I mean, it's just like, oh, here's a bag full of toys. <laughs> like, there they all go. And uh, I, I'm i not going to lie to you. I was I was in a bad mental spot about <laughs> 1030 in the morning. Like, holy moly. But uh, Kayla got home and, uh, uh, you know, we, we ate supper, or we ate lunch and, you know, did our thing, whatever. And, and then Slate normally goes down for a nap at about uh, 1230 for, I don't know, two and a half hours or something like that. And uh, he did. He took a nap, and uh, right when he went down, I stood up and I told the wife, "Hey, I'm going to get the boat out. I'm going this afternoon." And uh, so I went, got the boat, bring it back to my house. You know, trying to crank this thing over because I haven't had it running yet this year. And I, in the meantime, I've texted Matt. You know, like, "Hey, dude. You know, I'm going to get the boat going. You want to go fishing with me?" He's like, "Hell yeah, let's do this. We're rocking like." I mean, we are about to have a dude's Sunday evening. We're going to freaking just slay the fish. Like, I've already got Facebook posts floating <laughs> through my head. Like, you know, just like, I mean, God dang it. There's no live fish left in this lake. Like, yeah, we we're going to fish it out. We've caught so many fish, whatever. Every one of them has a lip piercing. It does. It does. I mean, we we could truly have driven away from that lake knowing, like, holy moly, we put an absolute beat it. down on it. Yeah. And I can't get my boat started. Can't get my boat started. Can't get my boat started. Cannot get my boat started. I'm out there on the front yard. It's freaking 90 degrees. I'm pissed off. Like, I can't figure out what the hell's going on. And I go over and I realize that the fuel isn't hooked up to the motor. And I'm like, what in tarnation? God, I'm an idiot. I had it over to uh, to our boat guy, and he must have unhooked it and never gotten – it didn't get hooked back up. I mean, obviously, when somebody uh, isn't getting their boat started, probably I should have looked at that, you know, 10 minutes before freaking cranking and cranking and cranking and cranking and cranking, but I didn't because I'm an idiot, and I really don't know much about mechanical stuff on boats. And in the meantime, I think I fried my uh, – uh, ignition switch on my boat so matt comes over because my boat used to be his boat and uh, he takes a look at it and he says i don't know what you got going here scott i've still got power to my motor the tilt trim still works i've yep. still got power to my you know to the console oh, yep. uh, you know the bilge works aerator works uh, my accessory works um it's just you when know, you turn the key there's nothing absolutely absolutely nothing, nothing. and uh so i guess whatever so I just type in 1999 Tracker Super Guide V16, best boat in the whole entire world. Uh, just type in ignition on Google. Boom, pops up. Amazon, 18 bucks. Truck, yeah. 
So I suppose that's why they're always going out because they're only 18 bucks. And they're they're from China, whatever. But uh, got one of those bad boys coming Wednesday of this week. I think I'm going to have a running boat. I've got my fingers crossed. I'm going to have a running boat. Uh, but basically everything was going wrong yesterday for me. I just, whatever. But uh, Matt came over, like I said. I think he could see it in my eyes that uh, <laughs> this old boy needs to get on the lake. So yep. he said, uh, hey, why don't we take my boat? And I said, hey, why don't we take your boat? <laughs> and we did. Uh, we went over to uh, Silver Lake, uh, fished, having fun. We fished our, our way of fishing. and yep. Well, your way of fishing, your way that you've taught me. But uh, uh, I don't know. I was pumped up to get over there, uh, finally get out on the water. And uh, I was pumped up to do it, to do it your way, our way, whatever. And uh, uh, we, we managed to get some fish in the boat. Yeah, it didn't take you very long. We were only fishing for about 10 minutes. And you're like, oh. That yep. one, and it's just like we both kind of looked at each other, like, "All right, it's yep, on. Yep, like, like this is it's going to be one of those nights." And at that point in time, I still knew like this Facebook post is <laughs> happening. Like you know, I, I mean, I'm going to be telling every dude tomorrow at work, like, "God dang it!" Like we couldn't keep them off. That's not exactly what happened, but no, that was we good had, fish that I caught did, though. It was a really good fish. Yeah, and uh, you caught a couple of nice walleyes, and then you yep. caught that silver pike. So yep. That was badass. Yeah, that was cool. And, I mean, we were getting bites. It's just that they weren't, you know, they weren't hooking up. I ended up catching one walleye, and, you know, it was just one of those things that there was a couple of them we had pinned that would come off, or yep. a couple of them that as you're reeling it back up to the boat, all of a sudden it would, they'd yep. swipe at it or kind of nip the back end of it, so. Yep. You had one where, I mean, you set the hook good. Like, there was, I, I don't know how, the only way, I, I would have believed that you brought in just the fish's jaw and not the rest of the fish i mean you you set the hook good whatever but uh yeah you freaking i mean it even pulled your drag for a second yeah and yeah then all of a sudden nothing so just came unpinned yeah, i don't know i don't know if they were short striking it or what but uh um yeah we i i don't know i mean you can't say we didn't fish clean i mean you or i mean you could say that i what am i trying to say here we didn't fish clean no we did we had our opportunities yep we did but uh yeah, all in all, we ended up with a with a handful of fish. That silver pike, it's not my first silver pike that I've ever actually caught, but uh, I I believe it it's my second or third. Um, I know one time we caught one uh, in 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 the lower chain at Okaboji yep. during a bass tournament. Yeah. I caught it on a chatterbait, and yeah. it was kind of one of those deals. Like during a bass tournament, it's like get that damn thing off. I'm not gonna, <laughs> you know. So I. I don't even think we got it in the boat. We we brought it up to the side of the boat. I reached over with some pliers and said, get the hell out of here. And uh, whatever. And they're, they're cool. They're pretty. And, uh, you know, when I when I, when I I realized that that one was one, because I, I, I kicked myself ever since yeah. that time. You know, it's like, golly, like I just want to get a picture of myself. Yeah, you always have to pike. have a picture with one. Do you know what the deal is on those silver pike? I'm not exactly sure 100% what it is. But, uh, you know, they are fairly uncommon in most places, but down here they are pretty common in like I'd the, say. In the Okaboji, in the Great Lakes, Iowa Great Lakes, and then like Silver Lake, some of the lakes around them, you get a, get a few of them. And for what, you know, like our listeners are like, what are you talking about, Silver Pike? Um, you know, usually you get the pike and it's green and it's kind of got the yellow or whitish bars on it and everything like that with the big white belly. Well, these a lot of people mistake for muskies a lot of times. People yep. will catch them and think, oh, I have a muskie because they don't have like a lot of markings on their side and they are kind of a, 
silverish grayish tint and uh so a lot like i said a lot of people will mistake them as as muskies but no they're a silver pike i think ramrod calls those mirror perch mirror perch (laughs) silver perch yep (laughs) but no they are they are really neat fish and definitely if you catch one you always got it you got to just snap a picture with it just so you kind of have that memory yep i did see uh scott mackner up in uh minnesota 330 maniac on youtube uh I saw that he actually posted a picture today or yesterday um, that he had caught a silver pike, and he knew that they were in the the lake that he was fishing, but uh, had never actually caught one. And so I thought that was kind of cool. You know, I I caught one last night. He caught one uh, yesterday or today or whatever, and and uh, saw that picture and was like, oh hell yeah, like yeah, you know, silver pike, you know, pretty badass. Yeah, pretty it, badass. It, it is. They are cool fish. Yep. Um, and and what else was cool was this morning on Facebook, uh, we I popped on Facebook and the memories popped up yeah. uh, four years ago, me and Matt. And this was one of those banner nights. Yeah, like we put a freaking walleye beat down that night we on jigging wraps. Yeah, we were dancing in the boat. Oh, we had hauling oats cranked. You remember <laughs> those old people that came? Yeah. I shouldn't call them old like they were older than us, but uh, I don't really know how old they were. And uh excuse me uh they came pulling up and they're you know like they're they're giving us the look like you know what the hell is going on and i mean we are just cracking those fish like we were i mean it was so cool you'd troll up you you would run your trolling motor up and you'd kick it off and and we would just kind of drift along with those jigging wraps and just i mean you knew when it was about to go down too like okay we're almost in that area you mark the bait fish and it's like you knew that then you could see the fish the the walleyes underneath the bait fish and yeah that was a fun way to fish them oh we were catching walleyes we were catching yellow bass i mean everything yeah everything that that is such a fun bite when you're ripping that up off and you let it fall down to the ground and you go and all of a sudden it's like (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that was fun that was a lot of fun yeah but um doo, 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 doo. I don't know, I think is that uh I think we're I actually text Scott Mockintoon a second ago. I had actually told my buddy Austy that uh that uh, I was gonna text Mockintoon about uh what what well, exactly a silver, silver pike, pike was ever and, and I kinda forgot about it until this well, point. I've but, been uh, getting out quite a bit too fishing you know i've been getting to the river here in town and the fishing has been really good and you cracked them the other night over yeah, over, over at, at silver, silver where yeah. we went i had to actually the second time i got my boat out this year it just didn't run really right and trying to figure out what it was and i don't know i didn't know if it was fuel and like scott said just a little bit ago i'm just as good at boats as he is and it's just like i'm not gonna start tinkering around because as soon as i do i you know uh a twenty dollar mistake becomes a thousand right. dollar mistake pretty fast in my hands, so I actually got a hold of the guys over there that in SLP Marine over there in Lake Park, and uh, you know they were like they're busy just like everybody else was, but they were like, hey, if you can get run it over here in the morning, the next day, you know we can quick take a look at it, and if it's something simple, we can fix it for you, or if not, you know it's gonna have to stay here for a while. So, you know, I'm obviously on summer break right now, and I didn't have to ump that morning. So I hooked her up and headed over there that day, and they got a quick look at her and figured out what was the issue. It was something pretty simple and pretty easy. So they got me all fixed up, and I was like, well, you know, I'm here. I'm going to go out, and I'm going to give this a try. And I started throwing jigs, and everybody else was trolling, and I started catching some, and they were catching some too, but I just kind of 
But you were catching more is what you're trying to say. I think I was catching better quality fish. Oh, yeah. I saw them catching a lot of little ones, you know, skipping across the water as they're real. Quit them being in, so. a bragger. Yeah. Well, just, you know, toot toot. No. Yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah. And then, like I said, the river here in town had been dynamite, but we got two inches of rain last night and it's back up there and it looks like chocolate milk. So yep. it's going to be. But that's good. That's right. good. I yep. mean, you know, it'll it'll come back down and the, and nice the thing fishing when, will be good again. And the thing about it is, like, now. When something like that happens right now, like when the the bite was really good, I don't mind it because, you know, a couple people kind of forget about it again, yep, and yep. yep, and then the people that are down there and just catching everyone that they or keeping everyone that they catch, they right. just kind of can't catch them, so Stringer they're not biting full of fifteen anymore. inch small or fifteen, you know, ten inch small mouth, and yep. ah, hell yeah, yeah, go hack at them with their Swiss Army knife, <laughs> but so now fishing's good, hell yeah, there. hell yeah. Uh, do you got a good news story? My good news story. Well, I can, I'm, I, can, I can do one if you got. I got one. I'm just gonna give a shout out to our buddy Biggie. Yeah, you know he wouldn't. He's he was out with his family out in Illinois this past week, and uh, they're he said that they're big listeners to the show, so we thank them for listening. And uh, he brought us home a bunch of cheese. Hell yeah, he did. <laughs> Freaking whole big bunch of packs of cheese from Illinois. So uh, hell yeah, thank you, Biggie. So that's that's my good news story. It's always it's always nice. I mean, all you guys that reach out to us all the time and you know talk to us, we run into you. I mean, I think most of the people know that we're just a couple normal guys. What did do you remember what your quote was the other night on the boat? And I was just like, yes, like guys talking stupid about stupid <sighs> things or something like that and do you remember what it was and i was like god that has to be our motto that now. was our motto what the hell did i say you have to try to remember that it was something was stupid yeah we're just a couple of stupid guys talking fishing and i don't remember what you have to remember you're putting it. me on the spot i know let me, I let me think you'll have to think about it a little bit that's What's... the type of thing like when you when you say something like that you got to instantly go to your phone and and, and, and put something. it in like i've got like samsung notes or yep. google notes or yep. something like that you got to do it and i've even done that as far as like when when i'm trying to come up with uh um trying to come up with a uh questions and whatnot uh you know yeah. ask ask guys you know i'll i'll quick throw it in there because otherwise you forget about it topics to talk about on the show you gotta gotta throw it down in the old notepad so i do that a lot too when i'm going to like the tackle shop like like i'm low on this and it's yep. like oh, okay i gotta so then i remember when i'm up there it's like oh yeah bullshit like, if you do you don't like, right <laughs> you, you you make a big long note of all the stuff that you're supposed to get you get in there and you buy a bunch of stuff you don't actually need you get halfway home from <laughs> right. sioux falls and it's like Ah, oh, shit. Like, yeah. I didn't even get the stuff that I went there for. Or that. you're like, oh, I need like uh, some of these three inch swim baits. And you're like, you get there and you're like, no, oh, this color I'm pretty sure is the one that I that I need. And you get home and you got like 10 bags of that <laughs> color yeah. already. And it's just like, oh, damn it. Yep. Yep. That's exactly right. <laughs> All right. Your new, good news story. Well, I'm just going to give a shout out to uh, our buddy Scott Mockentoon. Um, you know, if if you guys have been uh, longtime listeners of the show, you know last year at uh, this time I uh, I went on a trip with uh, our buddy Ramrod, Zach Cox, um, uh, and then, then a bunch of guys who Scott knew uh, into the Boundary Waters uh, canoe area um, down the Gunflint Trail north of Grand Marais, Minnesota. Um, had a great time last year. Uh, this year, just the way things uh, 
way things unfolded uh, just wasn't going to work out for for me to go ramrod's got an army deal uh you know zach is busy branding and doing cowboy stuff and it just didn't work out for us uh but uh I talked to Scott uh, a couple hours ago, and uh, he got out yesterday, got out of, uh, you know, back to civilization, and uh, sounded like they had an absolute spectacular trip. Uh, they they did good catching fish. Um, two of the guys that, that he was along with actually took off to go fishing one night. They got a little ways down the bank, looked up 200 yards away from camp, bear. Wow. Yeah, that's the type of crap. Like, Scott, <laughs> Scott and I are talking about me, you know, maybe making the trip back up there again next year you know maybe uh we, we you know we were gonna see what ramrod had going gonna see what zach had going gonna uh you know try to get my brother up there whatever and uh then at the end of our conversation he tells me that they seen a bear 200 yards away from camp scott if you're trying to get me back up to go to the boundary <laughs> waters trip with you that's the type of thing that you say you tell me like yeah we were talking to the guy they say they haven't seen bears in years up there. <laughs> like, okay, now, like now, I, I went from like, yeah, I think I really want to go to, uh, well, yeah, I think I really don't want to go. We'll so, here. <laughs> I like. Sorry, I scheduled a haircut for one of those days. Right. So. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's getting shaggy. Uh, you know, that's the cool part about living in Iowa. I'm the type of the food chain. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, I don't do wolves. Don't do bears chances are i probably just flat out don't do northern minnesota <laughs> but, uh, no uh um yeah I, i'm just pumped up you know that uh you know I, i'm i'm not gonna say like oh man like it's as dangerous as climbing mount everest but you know i mean that's a trip you know things can go wrong yeah. things can go wrong you're far away from uh, uh a hospital an ambulance and whatever and uh so i'm just i'm i'm pumped up by uh you know that that they had a good trip and and that they all got out safe again and uh um, you know, yeah, that everything went their way. So that would be my good news story. And, uh, um, we thank you guys, uh, for, for listening along for 175 episodes. Uh, that's pretty incredible. And, uh, like I said earlier, we, uh, we couldn't do it without you guys. Um, once again, if you guys are interested, uh, you know, we, we talked earlier about, uh, um, possibly getting into some ads and whatnot. Um, reach out to us seriously do um you know we'll we'll tell you the numbers uh uh what kind of numbers uh listens we get uh you know during the weeks and and uh um yeah we'll 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 send you screenshots we can let you know exactly uh um exactly what we get and uh um you know kind of show you uh maybe what we can do for your business and uh um yeah, we'd appreciate it uh, if if you'd reach out, and uh, hopefully we can get a couple advertisements. So uh, that's right. Uh, with that, uh, we will call a call a truce on episode one seventy five. Call a truce. That's fun like to say. It. Yeah, that is. We'll call we'll call it a truce. <laughs> We've, uh, your ears are bleeding, and uh, you're getting annoyed of us. Uh, we'll call it a truce, and uh, we'll be back next week on episode one seventy six. Later.